0: It's uh, Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. So, uh, back to school is in the air, and I have some uh, questions for you. First of all, as a parent or just an observer, a keen observer of society, what subjects do you believe need to be taught more intensively and extensively to our children? And which ones uh, could they back off? And frankly, penmanship? that's not even an issue anymore i'm sorry i just don't see the relevance of penmanship do see the relevance of history do see the relevance of english uh, and a whole bunch of other things as well i think the caller the first hour about uh, teaching about relationships great call that came from left field and uh, teaching about how to uh, manage your finances also a great idea but what needs to be taught to our kids And of what could they back off? uh, One of my questions. If you are a teacher, and I have had a very slight supply of teachers calling into the show, or maybe a a recently retired teacher, um, how much money, what did you do to uh, help your young students uh make it through the winter did you buy coats did you buy shoes boots what what did, what did you do what what have you done um these are some of many many questions that i have about education. and uh, the phone number is 803-0930 star 930 and one 800 616 wb let us go back to oh he he just hung up oh that's unfortunate He hung on during the whole news. I was just about to go to him, and uh, our last caller hung up. Well, that kind of puts a dent in my armor, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Dude, I was just about to come back to you. I just had to set up the hour. I'm going to go right back to you. But uh, maybe he's got something to do. Maybe he hooked up with somebody. I have no idea what's going on, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, you may have an opinion on what our students need to learn. And I do have um, some very strong opinions about that. Number one, I do believe that uh, our children need to understand civics. I think they need a basic civics courses uh, course and they need to have it drummed into them over and over again. This is what a county executive does. This is what a county legislature does. This is what a state legislature does. This is what the courts do. This is what the governor does. Now let's take it to Washington. This is what happens in the Senate. This is what happens in the House. This is what happens in the White House. You might want to leave the part about the baggie of cocaine out, but this is what happens in in the White House. I I think that uh, most Americans are dreadfully unaware of the basic mechanics of government. Now, I think it would be a very boring show, personally, uh, to to do a show like that. Here are the mechanics of government. Uh, I don't think that's going to go over real well. But I think students should at least know it, and they should understand that in the United States, we're supposed to have three separate, co-equal branches of government, and uh, that's that. And then take it down to the state level, take it down to the local level. And uh, most people don't know. And, you know, it's one of the, I think, frustrating things for me is um, uh, hearing people complain about the way things are and then knowing that most people don't even bother to bloody vote. Now, that's a little bit disconcerting. Hi, I want to complain about the way things are, but I did absolutely nothing to change them by exercising my franchise to vote. Uh, Let's go to um, CJ in Buffalo. CJ, welcome. I love you. You're on WBEN.
1: Oh, my goodness. That was quick. Um, Yes,
0: it was. Well, the other guy hung up. Oh,
1: I'd like to talk about young kids.
0: By the way, oh, my gosh, that was quick. I've heard that a few times in my life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, for young kids, it's not just Sesame Street songs. Um, I think little kids, they should learn how to sew a button, oh. how to mend a hem without duct tape. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. It's, those things are just no longer taught. And um, how to measure ingredients for a recipe, how to uh-huh. measure a piece of wood. Um, Those are life skills, and maybe those teachers, um, maybe some of us thought they weren't necessary, but I think they are very necessary, and little kids can't really learn about civics if they don't know how to pay attention.
0: Uh, that's true. I mean, it's the same thing with radio audiences, um, as grownups. I mean, sometimes you've got to chop things up into little pieces in order to make them palatable. I mean, you're not going to swallow a whole steak at the same time. Sometimes you got to take little bites here, little bites there. But as far as I love what you're saying, because I'm embarrassed to admit this. I do not know how to sew on a button. I... (laughs) There are so many things I don't know that I should know how to do, and frankly, it's embarrassing, but uh, the way I look at it, that's why we've got tailors and cutters. Well,
1: it's, it's a discipline, yes. Yeah. It's not really a skill. It's just a discipline. It's like uh, cursive, that which is also just a discipline.
0: But do you think, seriously, do you think cursive writing is still a necessity in 2023 when everybody types everything?
1: Well, you can't read the uh, Declaration of Independence if you don't know how to read cursive.
0: Sure you can. It's online in ordinary font.
1: Well, yeah, that's the easy way out.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, to me, me, let me just explain from where I'm coming. Um, German cursive writing um, used to be called Schrift, and um, that was the old-style German cursive writing. Very few people know how to read it today, Um, but they changed to a more, I guess, uh, would it be romanized, italicized? I'm not sure. They switched to a different method for cursive writing than the Schrift, which was basically um, unintelligible. I I used to know how to read it. I've forgotten right now. Well, with
1: the Palmer method.
0: Yes, the Palmer method. Yes. Um you know, it is I don't know if anybody's had this experience, but have you asked a young person to sign their name lately and they can't do an autograph?
1: Nobody under 25.
0: Wow. Well, you know, you you may you may have a point to be honest with you. I don't think cursive is the most important subject out there anymore. I think it is somewhat irrelevant, not completely irrelevant, but somewhat irrelevant. I'd much rather have these kids know about American history.
1: Well, you got it. You got to make them pay attention in order for them to learn about American history and civics, of course. But they have to be able to pay attention.
0: You know, the the other thing Uh, and I'd, I'd like your feedback on this, is mathematics. There has to be a better way of teaching mathematics to the American student because there's no reason why students in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, China, Japan, and pretty much every other country smoke the United States students in mathematics. Maybe we need to look at how they're being taught as opposed to how our kids are being taught. That's a good point. Cause i I don't I don't get it I mean you can't have advancements in science without mathematics you can't have engineering advancements w- without mathematics so to me that's a very important subject
1: yes it is
0: anything you would like to add my love oh uh, not at this point <laughs> not at this point you're bowing out um great call I thank you very very much. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it seems it seems to me that since American children do typically so poorly at math, and I was one of them, believe me, um, that we do need to look at how the other nations around the world with higher math scores are teaching their students mathematics. Because at some point, and I'm not sure when this point happened, um, the American mathematics education went down the toilet. It really did. It went down the toilet and the other countries surpassed us. Why do you think that many of our best and brightest minds talk with Indian accents and Pakistani accents? Clearly, they're getting something over there that we're not getting here in terms of mathematics. Uh, it's coming up on 20 Minutes After Five at News Radio 930 WBEN. Take more calls coming up as we talk about education with back-to-school at the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, that and a return to uh, football season, I reckon. Uh, Our kids need to get more of an education in what and less time spent on what. Let's go to uh, some more calls. And this would be Randy in Forestville.
2: Randy, you are on WBEN. Hello. Good afternoon, Tom. Sir. I hope you're getting a wholesale discount on surgeries, man. I mean, you've had more surgeries than anybody I can possibly think of. Yeah, I know. It's
0: kind of funny, isn't it?
2: No, I'll tell you, dude, I you're going to start to look like a pin cushion. So, hey, I'm the schools,
0: Dude, if you saw the scars style. in my
2: body, <laughs> they,
0: they're badass. I'm I'm not going to lie. i got some badass scars.
2: I'll bet you. <laughs> uh, hey, on the schools, I believe that the way things are currently set up, that none of the things that all of us look at, the teachers can't do anything with the system they have. The good teachers, the bad teachers, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think you need to get uh, competition invested into this. And here's how I would propose we do this, is the schools need to be able to compete against each other. So if you're standing in, at the Forestville High School, within 20 minutes, you could be in Gowanda, South Dayton, which is the Pine Valley. You could be in Fredonia, Dunkirk, Silver Creek. And th- these are small schools. city of Buffalo is about, what, 250,000 people, and all of Chautauqua County is only about 130,000 but we've got something like 35 school superintendents out here, and the city of Buffalo has one. That's a lot of money for, you know, superintendents of all this nonsense. But let these schools compete against each other. So if you've got a kid in Forestville, but you think that Silver Creek would be better suited, and Silver Creek's willing to come pick your students up and bring them, let them do it. Let these schools compete for students, and then let the schools be more independent. So you might have, let's say, Forestville, decides that they're going to go real heavy into STEM, you know, science, technology, math, engineering. And they might bring in some really high-level people that are super good at teaching that. And they'll let some of the other stuff go, the softer things like music and arts and and that. But, say, Silver Creek might get very heavy into the arts. And you might have a real crafty and, you know, an outstanding singer-musician. That would want to go to Silver Creek and let these kids move around a little bit. Let these schools specialize and compete for students. Then if you're doing a great job, they'll get more and let the money follow the students. So let's say it's, I don't know, 20 grand per student. And that's the school has 20 grand. If they can get your student, they get your 20 grand.
0: You know, I I like the idea. The problem I see with that, especially when we start talking about wintertime, the logistical problems of transportation. Let me submit to you, should we not perhaps offer classes online where you have the best teachers at what they teach online with multiple students watching online as
2: opposed to physically being there? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Let these schools do that. So, like I said, if you had Forestville, South Dayton, Silver Creek, Fredonia, uh, you could get into Casadega's about 30 minutes. And it might be, hey, if there's a bad day, you're going to work from home. What's a good laptop computer cost? Six hundred dollars. So, you know, for what we're spending per student, I think we're pushing 30 grand uh, per student uh, in Buffalo. There's something like 30,000 students and are spending about a billion dollars. Yeah, it's more than it's more than
0: private schools typically. Yeah,
2: very very expensive. But let the schools cool. Yeah, the schools compete. (laughs) Then the teachers are now motivated because right now, I don't know that I'd be any different as a teacher because once you're a school teacher, you are locked in for life. You can't be fired. It's essentially impossible to fire a teacher, no matter what. And you're going to work till you're fifty-five. You're going to have a lot of time off. You know that's something we all know. but then you're also going to retire early, and then you're going to leave New York because you can't stand the property taxes in New York. Uh, you know, and uh, we all know our property taxes are driven very much by our schools and our Medicaid Medicare. That's what our property taxes go to.
0: Now, Medicaid in particular, yeah, you're 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 right. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you 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 raise look, you you raise some excellent points. I mean. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this show. There might be something that is just so obvious out there that we're missing. And when you started talking, I started thinking about having the best of the best of the best teachers online, teaching those with special interest or aptitude in singing or guitar or piano or engineering or uh, woodworking, teaching them, you know, before letting them go off into uh, the educational setting of a school. I think it's a fascinating idea.
2: Right. You'd have some school, you know, another school might say, we're going to really get into the trades. And they can set it up where they're teaching, you know, young people, including women, by the way. You know, working on HVAC is not always heavy-duty work. Ninety-five percent of HVAC, which is heating and air conditioning, uh, it's not heavy. You're not always uh, hauling a lot of heavy stuff around. You know, if you're replacing a motor in a uh, heating system, it's a 10-pound item. It's not a big deal. Most of it is something a woman could do. And I'll tell you, young ladies, listen, go to your local HVAC coming out of high school. Tell them, I want to learn to do this. You'll make hundred grand a year in no time. You'll have zero college debt. And they're never going to outsource fixing uh, heating and air conditioning. You can't do it from China. You're going to have to have somebody on the ground to do it.
0: You know, I, I'll tell you something that I've been saying for years. I think uh, a field for the future is robotic repair. Repairing robots, I think, is going to be huge.
2: Oh, it already is. I mean, that's become monstrous. You know, and as the minimum wage goes up, uh, you're going to see less and less people working at places like convenience stores. And look, uh, go to any Walmart right now. Oh, how many people dude. are there at a checkout station? you got one woman watching 14 self-checkouts. <laughs>
0: Dude, I was at a I was at a drugstore over the weekend. It took five bloody minutes to get to, to wait on me. I mean, I was standing there by, mes- by myself. I, I thank you very much. Great call, sir. Thank you. Talk to you later, Tom. Be good. Indeed. Ciao. Uh, good stuff, guys. Keep it coming. If you're on hold, do me a favor and stay on hold. Don't hang up on me um, during the news break. I know it's kind of long, and I apologize for that, and I don't get to say that every day, but um, uh, just stand by, and I'll get to your call following the news break on WBEN. Remembering Jimmy Buffett, Parrot Heads.
3: Yeah,
0: everybody knows this song. But I would suggest for the non-Parrot Heads, you go back and you listen to Come Monday. Come Monday is a great tune um and i gotta tell you i killed jimmy buffett um uh, because thursday i mentioned his name from out of the blue when nobody was thinking about jimmy buffett and then the next day he dies and you understand that it's getting absurd now the number of people with whom i've done that it seriously josh do, I mean you've we've worked together for a few years now isn't it a little bit weird? It's not it just is. me. It's, it's not it's, just me, right?
2: It's a really weird coincidence. Like I it's it happened with I think it was Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh-huh. And uh Gordon Lightfoot. I, I there's uh-huh. I'm trying to think of all of them because I feel like there's... I are I, I
0: stopped keeping track because it was freaking me out.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird, but like I don't know. It's just like some one of those weird coincidences, I think.
0: Yeah, but I mean, good Lord. Anyway, uh, I feel a little bit guilty about bumping off Jimmy, but uh, my uh, ex wife and our astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, will be in studio tomorrow, 2 until 4, on News Radio 930 WBEN. I hope you shall be listening. Um, and, you know, look, I don't believe in astrology. I will tell you that right now, but my ex-wife is very good at what she does. She has clients literally around the world, and she's huge in Australia. (laughs) Not sure why, but she's huge in Australia. Uh, Let's go to Chapman in uh, Lancaster. Chapman, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the Bowerly Program. Talking about what kids need to learn and what they don't need to learn anymore in school. Well, it's funny
3: because my mother used to be a... A home ec uh, teacher uh, several years back. Um, well, sub, she was a substitute for several different school districts around, and then um, then she got a permanent position at the local uh, middle school in our, in our town here. But um, when it came time to uh, start cutting back on um, on funding for different uh, specialty uh, classes and courses, the uh, home ec and the like, the sewing, cooking, and uh, uh, Financing, keeping a checkbook and um, uh, keeping a budget and all that important stuff that's like, you know, like life, like, uh, like life skills. uh, And uh, now they're doing trans stuff in math class and all that. But what they do need in um, the schools now is um, for me, I had difficulty just reading from a book and doing classwork, just trying to use my head and all that no visual type stuff though but if they actually relate a lot of the content like math like related to stuff that you'll actually use in your life like oh I'm getting a paycheck get paid and all that and you, you do this and you, you budget for whatever bills car payment and so on yes. and then yes. health and science. Ch- Chapman I mean, uh,
0: forgive my forgive you? my interrupting you. Forgive my interrupting sure. you. I apologize and I do that sometimes and I hope uh, you will forgive me for that but you know no I've been with mo- in, in my lifetime Chapman in my lifetime I've been with more than a couple of women let's just put it that way and I don't think any of them knew how to sew I'm totally serious I don't think any of them knew how to sew
3: really I learned that at five years old and I was already cooking <laughs> my own breakfasts and such and know like uh, I lived with the woman my mom my mother uh, being a teacher and such uh, I mean I'm Whenever I tore something, like a shirt, or if something happened to one of my shoes, I mean, I was able, I actually had a, uh, for one of my birthdays. <laughs> hey, my mother, that.
0: my mother knew how to sew. She knew how to knit. She knew all that stuff. And in my lifetime, despite relatively extensive experience, I've yet to find a woman who knows how to sew. But it, at least she's got the money to hire a good tailor, so it's all good.
4: Oh,
3: well, um, <laughs> that's a lot of these kids are laughing now. I mean, I mean, they have all the technology, all the wealth of knowledge they have at their disposal, and they're goofing off looking at videos and stuff when they could actually be taking all that skill and uh, turn it around and uh, use it for uh, actual, um, like, uh, employment-type opportunities, like, later on. I mean, I wish, if I can go back uh, 25 years, I wish I paid attention more in the computers and all that kind of stuff, but that's... That
0: ship sailed. already for me, but hey, 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 Chapman! I like, I like how you said that ship sailed for you because I was told the same thing about law school earlier this summer by another young lady. Uh, but that's another story. But anyway, um, God, my autobiography is going to be like, Dear Penthouse Forum. But anyway, um, I thought you might get a kick out of that, Chapman. But hey, actually,
3: you know, um, funny, you, uh, you ever hear uh, somebody say like, uh, I was like, oh, if your life was a book, would anyone read it? It's like. Mine is if it was a movie, would anyone, mine would be a straight DVD
0: movie. Let me tell you something. Mine would be. I've had a few people tell me this who know me very well. Mine would be considered fiction, even though everything in it is fact. It has not been a boring life. That's all I can tell you. Um, However, uh, getting back to the subject at hand, um, something I think also, and I wanted to mention this earlier, and I want to get your take on it, Chapman, is I think students in high school, especially juniors and seniors, should be um, introduced to the basics of criminal law, the New York Penal Code, as well as criminal procedure law. I, yeah. think, I, I, mean, I think people should know what is legal, what isn't legal, what is a violation, what is a misdemeanor, what is a felony, what are the punishments for each one, what can you do, what can't you do, um, and as far as criminal procedure law, people should know what the authorities are able to do and how they have to do it. I think people should know that. That's very important. I don't think, I mean, it's it's law school first year stuff, but I think that you can give people an introduction to it and it would help them out.
3: It absolutely makes sense. I mean, you think, like, all right, well, you, you went through grade school and, uh, and like, you, most everything's been taken care of. You've been under the protection of your parents, like, for the most part up to that point. And then after high school, you go get your first job. And so it would be nice to know uh, once you're out there in the uh, – in the bright blue yonder, um, you live here, you might as well know what the, uh, the rules and stuff are. I mean, you could end up doing something, you know, it's like, oh what do you mean jaywalking or whatever? It's like, what do you mean <laughs> I can't make a right on red right here or something? Like, like, what do you mean? I can't, uh, can't like smoke a cigarette next to a gas pump. Like what's that about or something? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> All right, Chap. anything else from you, my friend?
3: Well, that's, uh, that's it. I'll let the others, uh, get a, uh, give it the old, uh, all right, my love. You
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And don't get all excited when I call men, my love. I just do it with everybody. It's just a little th- thing of endearment I use. Here is Ken in Niagara Falls. Ken, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show.
4: Mr. Barley, yeah, I've been involved in uh, education for many years, even though I don't have a very good one, but I've helped start charter schools on mm. the board of a Catholic school and did projects in um, in the traditional school system. Uh, one of the things that I'm finding, and when we started talking about the differences between Americans and, and their education system and the other countries that you had previously named, one of the things that they have that we don't is they have a common culture, and they don't have much education is going to be their key to success. Our kids nowadays, we put a bunch of people who, who are different. They learn differently. They are not. They're, they, they, they grieve the person next to them. I had said when I ran for Board of Education in Niagara Falls several years ago, the one thing that we need to do is to is to to test the teacher to the way that they teach and then test the students to the way that they learn and then put the two together. And so because a teacher who teaches in the way that students learn, she could teach thirty kids, forty kids, rather than trying to, you know, herd cats in the classroom. Of you know that I, you know what
0: that what you're saying and again forgive my interruption I'm not trying to be rude but I feel like I need to follow up with a point here what you are saying is kind of what they do maybe in other districts but certainly in the Williamsville district they have AIM alternative instructional model my son could not learn in a traditional high school. So he went to the alternative instructional model where he absolutely flourished. And he flourished at Buff State as well. I mean, pretty much a straight A student. And that was a great example of um, matching a student with certain learning needs with people who were able to fill those needs. And I have nothing but good things to say about the Williamsville AIM program.
4: And when you look at Williamsville, period, or the the south towns and the east uh, east side of Buffalo, the east side outside of Buffalo, there's a commonality of culture there. You know, for the most part, you have two-parent homes, which they have in these foreign countries that you're talking about. The grandparents are either in the home or nearby. That's not happening here. Uh,
0: well, uh, keep, keep something in mind. You talk about other countries. Um, you know, I don't know if you've been to London lately or Paris lately, but if you think America is multicultural, cities like London and Paris are extremely multicultural. Even back in the early 90s, I remember getting out of De Gaulle Airport, looking around and thinking, I'm sorry, am I in Paris or am I in Baghdad? I mean, and I don't mean to disparage anybody, that certainly is not my intent and Please don't take it that way. It's just that I expected to see a bunch of guys with berets and paintbrushes, and I had a bunch of ladies in burka and a bunch of guys with the with the flowing um, with the flowing shirts, which I'm rather fond of, actually. Um, ho- hold on, if uh, you can can do so, sir, we'll put you on hold on uh, WBN. Yeah, don't take that as a slam on anybody. It's not. I'm just saying that. Um, You know, London, you know, we have a stereotype of what London is like. And that stereotype is not like reality. Same thing with Paris. Um, It's not the reality. What you see is a very, you think Toronto's multicultural? Try London, try Paris. You're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Don't worry about Tokyo because Japan is one of the most racist countries in the world. And I'm sorry to say it, but it is. It is, uh, Bowerly, with you. Great to have you here. Um, On the program and you know what last week we had so many unbelievably awesome callers and already this week it's Tuesday and already this week you guys are on fire and I thank you because you guys make the show I'm just a conduit. If you will, Uh, let's get back to uh, Ken in Niagara Falls talking about different cultures, different students, and the way they learn. And uh, we ended the last part of the conversation talking about the fact that these major cities around the world, um, like here in the United States, have become increasingly multicultural. And, you know, sometimes that can be a great thing, and sometimes sometimes it it can can be a problem.
4: And, and I've been to 26 countries in the world. And so, I mean, I, one of the things that I loved most was history and social studies uh, when I was in school. And that's why I just love learning more and more about people and the education of, of people. You're right. There's gonna, there's a big sweep of multiculturalism, even as far up as in, in, in Finland and Sweden nowadays. But yes. if you start to compare their uh, students, uh, comp, uh, 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 their students... And what they're accomplishing uh, academically, it's always going to be better in a society where you have homogeneity, where the people are most the same. The teachers come from the same culture. The kids come from the same uh, culture. This is why central schools outside of, you know, big cities tend to do better than, than elsewhere. And if you look at Buffalo City honors, even though the people are different colors and different races and all of these other things, the one thing that they have in common is that their parents, are well to do parents. Otherwise they are, are connected parents. Otherwise they would not be in city honors and city honors ranks very, very high amongst all of the high schools right. in the United States of America. And well, so if when there, we start if, to look at these Go, go ahead,
0: I'm sorry. No you go ahead.
4: No when we begin to look at it, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a common culture called Americanism, which in itself is the least commonality is what makes us strong as a as a nation. But on the inside, we still need people who have a sense of person. And when we start to take, I'm an African-American myself, and, you know, you talk about your German background. Funny you should say, I tried to take German German <clears> in, in, the, um, in the eighth grade, but I had to take Latin because nobody wanted to take German <laughs> in the school system.
0: <laughs> I should have taken Spanish. It would have been far more helpful. But, I mean, frankly, the German came easy to me. I don't know why. But. If I spent, I've said this before, if I spent six months or a year in Germany, I'd be totally fluent. Right now, I just know enough to get around and get myself into trouble.
4: Right, and see, but what I'm saying about most people, those foreign people living in their foreign countries, and you mentioned Japan and these other places, I've been to Japan, is that all of these people have a sense of person based upon a long lineage of of knowing and understanding their own personal history. Mm. With African Americans, we don't have that. We go back as far as slavery. But when I was in Senegal, in Dakar, Senegal, the curator of the old slave house said of us Americans, African Americans, they call call us uh, American cousins, is that uh, they believe that the African American in the United States is one of the best, uh, the best that the that the continent has created because of all of the all of the trouble that we went through, all everything that we've gone through, that we still produce. Well, we kind of lost that history and that sense of pride based upon, you know, the civil rights movement and, and all of these other things that's given to us. But we become pets rather than competitors and that those types of things have to change.
0: Well, not not in uh, not in my mind. I mean, you're a fully fledged American. I mean, you, you said pest. You're, you're, did you just say pest? You're, you're certainly not. No, a No, I pest.
4: Said, said pets. ETS uh, got the F and team mixed up on
0: oh the end of no it. no I'm so, I, I, I apologize no I mean no, no, I, I I hope I I hope that that is old school thinking and I hope that that kind of thinking if it isn't dead is at least close to death in a near-death state uh, because look the United States and I I would love to take more calls on this I'm actually running out of time I can't believe how quickly the show went but the United States is a great country because of the multicultural blending that we have in this country. And um, I think it makes us a stronger nation. And as far as tracing your genealogy, um, I understand that it's difficult because sometimes the records with slavery were not particularly well kept. Sometimes people took the names of the masters. Sometimes people were just called freemen, as you know. Uh, but the the DNA aspect of genealogy might put you in touch with cousins who might be able to help fill in some gaps. Um, You know, I've done that.
4: Tom, you had mentioned earlier that um, we need to study history. Yes. And we talk about the different kind of histories out there. I think the history that each and every one of us should know first is our personal family history because we could get a sense of person. And once we believe that our ancestors got us here, then we can believe that we could survive here under any condition, as they do in these countries with this homogenous populations.
0: Well, Ken, thank you very much. A pleasure to hear from you, and I wish that I had time to take more calls, and I cannot believe how quickly today's show went. Uh, By the way, if you're looking for uh, a fascinating movie about the civil rights movement, um, I forget whether it's Netflix or Amazon, But uh, Till, T-I-L-L, the story of a young boy who was lynched in the South because he supposedly uh, whistled at a white woman. He was from Chicago, went to visit his cousins in the South, and didn't understand that the South in the uh, 50s had a different concept of race than the North did, uh, at least on the surface, Uh, but it, it really is an amazing movie. It's chilling. But it really is uh, very, very well done. Another movie recommendation on Netflix, uh, Russell Crowe, The Pope's Exorcist. I don't usually like those kinds of movies, but I was spellbound. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
2: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.
0: Oh, and you want the proof?